turn off all of my very beginning. Here we go. Good morning. This is Dr. Matthew Dunn, host of the future of email. My guest today from Raza Dio, Erica Wrench, Chief Operating Officer, correct? That's correct. Welcome. Nice to nice to connect with you live. I've talked with your one of your colleagues uh frequently. We That's geek, great. We geek out a lot, but uh you and I first, <laughs> first chance to meet right here in public. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Fill in people on on Raza, you know, elevator size version. Absolutely. So the the very high level pitch about Raza is that instead of sending one email newsletter to ten thousand or twenty thousand subscribers, you're sending twenty thousand different versions of an email based on people's prior reading preferences and behaviors. So in the same way, for better or worse, your social media feed knows what content to serve you up based on what you've read in the past. We do that in an email. So we make it for a much more engaging email experience. You're providing value to subscribers so that when it does come time to buy and when you are asking them to make a transaction, you've already provided value and you're already top of mind. And a newsletter is such a valuable tool to do that. So we help you make your newsletter smarter. It's it's come up in any number of uh, of com past conversations that I've had the opportunity to have with people from other parts of the email space that e e there's this there's this sort of second third forty third life for email in yeah. newsletters yeah it's really taking off really taking off I mean when you think about the newsletter task. It's not necessarily like the sexiest thing, right? No. But <laughs> no. An email is sort of a dinosaur, but you're totally right. It's having a resurgence. There's a lot of cool stuff happening in the email and newsletter space. And for better or worse, email is a very effective channel to communicate with your subscribers um, for, for return on investment. I mean, it, it, time and again, it proves itself. Why do you think, why do you think that, that, that swing with newsletters and email is happening? Any thoughts? Um, this is just my idea, but I feel like it's a more intimate way to get someone's point of view on something and to interact with a brand than social media. Socials, of course, not going anywhere anytime soon, but I think when you're hearing someone's voice through a newsletter, it's just, you know, the, it's not, it's not like a crapshoot whether or not you're going to see it, you know that you're probably going to land in someone's inbox and it's yeah. an intimate way to communicate with your end user. Yeah. And, and it, uh, one of my thoughts is to tag onto that because I, I, I like what you just said about it. Um, the, the mech, the, the paywall mechanism that, mm -hmm. that sort of backed its way into being as content control started to matter for mm -hmm. the journalism. It's right, right, right. I, yeah, I think I'll be reading something in the morning. It'll pop me in a link somewhere and be like, oh, what's the, what's my, do I have an account there? What's the password? Right. Oh, bugger it. I'll just skip it. Right. 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 Where, yeah, we, yeah. We work with a few newspaper organizations that are, are you? Yep. Mm -hmm. They, it's a good way to disseminate their content and make sure that, um, you know, they're, they're sending people the right stories yes. from their online publication. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 let's go a different direction. And this may be a maybe a question I take up with uh, with your colleague Paul later in in, in, yeah. in a geek way. But <laughs> you have to balance that. Well, he always reads stuff on X, Y, and Z, so send him more of that. With 
No, we also want him to get this, this, and this. Right. Um, right. You, you don't want to create in, a complete email filter bubble around each reader. You're, you're so right. So one of our, one of our company values is to, well, actually our core purpose is to better inform the world. Our company values is to tell it like it is. So we have to kind of balance, um, making sure that we're sending people content that is specifically recommended to them with, we want to expose them to content that is not necessarily just based on their prior clicks and behaviors. Right. Okay. So we always reserve a portion of the email real estate for, um, for non-specific recommended content. It's still from like the organization's pre-approved pool of content, sure. but it's not going to be just based on their clicks. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. And, and, and having, having used Raza myself, holder not in depth, um, I, I understand a bit about the control mechanisms that the, uh, the editor, for lack of a better word. Right. No, that's exactly right. Yep. Right. Has to say, no, no, no. They, everyone should get this. That that should definitely go out on yep. other stuff. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Fascinating. Um, I was intrigued that Raza's um, starting point, at least my read on it, was mm -hmm. associations. Yeah, that's that's sort of our beachhead. Um, we we have a great uh, we have a great following in that space. Yeah. It kind of makes sense because for that for associations and nonprofit organizations, it's not necessarily all about the bottom line. It's about engaging their community of subscribers, yeah. engaging their people, sending them value. And so newsletters are at the core of I'd say ninety-five percent of association strategies to engage people. Yeah. So it kind so being able for them to be able to personalize the member experience is extraordinarily valuable yeah well and with without headcount necessarily without adding right someone whose job it is oh exactly yeah right to tackle that impossible task of you know keep uh you know keep up with the speaker cone industry and everything that's happening with supply you know whatever whatever the association's all about right and you're so right we we very often lead with the ai and high personalization you know really forward-thinking tech but a lot of the editors, the people who actually, you know, boots on the ground putting together a newsletter really appreciate the time savings aspect because yeah, yeah. we're bringing curation into the platform. It's yes. curation and send all in one. So you're not having to scour the internet to find the articles. You're not having to piece together an email every week. Yeah. All of all of the tedious stuff that comes along with newsletter construction goes away. I had, you know, this just occurred to me. I didn't think of this before we uh, had this on the calendar, but I had, I had sort of uh, jury rigged uh, pieces of Raza, uh, Raza's uh, execution a few years back when I, when I first stabbed at a newsletter for, for this company campaign. Yeah. And it was like yeah. one platform for send, a different one for consolidating content and sure. monumentally cumbersome. If you do the right copy and paste and hold your pinky up, it'll get into the, the same right. platform intact. And it was such a pain in the butt. It was such a pain in the butt. Horrible. And, <laughs> you might, and, and, you know, sometimes folks are rewriting descriptions yeah, and like yeah. you take the title of your blog and you're like, well, maybe I'll change that for the newsletter. And it's, yeah, it's kind of a pain. Yeah. It's kind of a pain. And, and d d despite the length of time that email web and so on have been around, they're not really super connected. It's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. to make some yep. flow from here into there with the, you know, with the pictures formatting, whatever else intact and not. And the pictures. Yeah. Yeah. So we've done a ton of work on our, 
on our templating so that the templates are super dynamic to account for yeah. different lengths of titles and different lengths of descriptions and different sizes of imagery. And yeah. so we're, we dynamically are placing all of that in personalized format. Now listen to you. I'm, I'm going I'm to have some fun with you. Listen to you. You're like software terminology rolling off the tongue and you were not forever in this software space you were you were at university gig for quite a stretch right yeah yeah i guess that's when my love affair with email began i suppose i, I worked yeah yeah i worked for a t-lane's admission office yeah. out of college yeah and 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 primarily a recruitment role so i was going around the country okay. trying to get students to come down and selling new orleans yeah, yeah. selling Tulane, and um and then, but, but I evolved in sort of, into sort of a marketing role there. And one of the, one of my primary jobs was to use MailChimp to try to figure out how to send emails that cater to different students' interests, because we have all different kinds of disciplines like and majors that too late. So I was, so this is very, I've never thought about it from this perspective. I was manually, you know, figuring out segments of students, trying to figure out which news was the hottest and matching that to the students all manually working on a spreadsheet. I mean, this was back in, you know, 2008. Yeah. So if the tools existed, I certainly didn't have right. Um, but yeah, no, it was a very manual process to try to match students' interest to like the latest news. But mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, that my, that was my first experience. And then I, then I worked in, um, a digital agency after that. Okay. Okay. Where we didn't touch email. <laughs> You know, that's actually not uncommon in my experience. Yeah. It, it, yeah. And it's just like, we'll do this, this, this. Oh, email. Ah, no. <laughs> oh, it's so hard to do in, in a quality it, way. Yeah. It Well put. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Hard to do in a quality way and on mm -hmm. a bit of a, a bit of a specialized knowledge set to, to do it well. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And it, and, and it comes at the expense of so many other things where you feel like you get a better bang for your buck. Um, I certainly, certainly agreed. And I think there's some, there's some, uh, uh, efficiencies of action in other digital channels. Let's, let's pick on social media. Cause I like picking on social media and email, yeah. like there's a lot of corners you can't cut. It's hard. It's hard, detailed, fussy work. Completely. And for yeah. agency, I would think it wouldn't be that cost could be not that cost effective. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Cause there is still, you know, there's the variable cost that goes along with sending it out. Not to say that other digital services don't have variable costs, but um, it's, it's that plus the amount of time it takes to format. And it's, you don't feel that instant gratification from it, even though it's so important to, to nurture through email. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had a, I had a guest on uh, a guest on this uh, podcast six, eight months ago. Actually, he's, he's from a small town, Louisiana, Wayne from Ugly Mug marketing great like amazing marketer thanks oh cool i'm gonna look that's a, that's a, that's a name that did it great that is unique and stands out yep <laughs> he said their email uh because their agency does handle email he said their email function was actually with their uh you know print and, and non-digital media function which i thought was kind of intriguing yeah, I'm gonna have to reach out to those folks at Ugly Mug Marketing. They're at a about Rafa. <laughs> I forget this. I forget the relatively small town where he was like born and raised, but I'm pretty sure it's Louisiana. I'm gonna give myself an extra cup of coffee. I'm on their website right now. Are you? <laughs> well, let's see. Contact us. 
They are. Now I'm so curious. It doesn't say. Well, not I'll I'll look it up later. <laughs> there, there you go. Well, um, one of the things that struck me about about uh, your company and platform when I was getting to know it was, wow, this is this is applicable in all the, the the technology, the things you're doing are applicable in a whole bunch of new domains. And I've got to think you've got aims to e expand and, and build further. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we, the association folks have been, we have so many great partners in that space. Mm -hmm. um, the next, and, and we also have a lot of great partners in the, in the marketing agency space, because what they do is they use Rasa to manage for multiple clients. So we, we've been really working hard on that over the past year is making it easy to manage, you know, 10, 20 newsletters from your one instance of Rasa, roll well, that all up. In some cases, they can, they can white label it depending on the plan that they're on. Um, so that if they need to have a client yeah. log into just their newsletter, they'll see their agency's branding as opposed to the Rasa branding. So we, that's been another sort of sweet spot for us. Be, because, I mean, that hooks back to what we were just talking about, the, the challenge of email inside an, an agency, the, the, the workload, you've got a straight up proposition, right? Look. Exactly. So that's what I always say that at my, the agency that I came from, I wish we had Rasa because I'm included <laughs> email in our, in our clients' packages yeah. and had it be not, you know, a super heavy lift. So now, you know, they can, they can pay the Rasa sort of self-service prices and then charge a margin on top of that for the newsletter management. I mean, yeah. just the, the management in general is, is a valuable proposition. Yeah. yeah. yeah and, and at the, at the same time, it, uh, it, it puts you guys in that, that endlessly fascinating about the email space. Um, every, every company finds a sweet spot. I was, I was talking with Andrew Cornick yesterday from my post, um, Long time, uh, long time email agency guy now part of an ESP, and there are well over two hundred ESPs, each with their niche and strengths, and, and right. hundreds beyond that. And you just described Raza having a really, you know, key and critical set of functions, yeah, that meet that need inside agencies. That honestly, a Mailchimp does not serve well. Not, not well. No, especially because they're kind of going down that, you know, CRM path and they're starting to do that really well. <laughs> and that's what their focus is. Yeah. We'll, um, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what becomes of, uh, I should try and get someone from MailChimp on for a conversation. It's if you do, let me know. I, I'd like to join that conference. <laughs> <laughs> I, I huge respect for MailChimp. Like what, what an achievement as a company and, and some of their, um, some of their innovations in UI. I, I, I think had a, a really positive effect on the space, like them doing the simplified block drag and drop editor yeah, oh, and, yeah. And, and putting in front of thousands and thousands of customers, shrinked right. everyone that direction. That's my read on it, arms link. Yeah. And ease of use, right? Like yeah, they, exactly. yeah. everything's so user friendly. And uh, a lot of people, we have an integration with MailChimp. A lot of people use Rasa alongside MailChimp because MailChimp's great for, you know, um, like sequence campaign yes. last. And then Rasa is the newsletter engine. And so you can just sync subscribers across your oh, nice. MailChimp and Rasa really easily. Yeah. Nice, nice. That makes a ton of sense. Although you have to keep track of a surprising amount of detail about each subscriber to do the magic of, 
Oh, she's oh yeah. She's interested in this, 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 this. Yes. This, yeah, yeah. You got it. Yeah. Kind of a kind of a reverse funnel structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I know from I know from conversations with other Raza folks that um, HubSpot is an area of interest for for you. A huge area of interest. Yeah, and in the same way that you can use Raza alongside a Mailchimp or a constant contact or an active campaign, you can use it alongside HubSpot. And now HubSpot is where we have the the richest integration. So we have between, I think, 20 and 30 integrations at this point. But with HubSpot, it's not just a subscriber sync, but so the the concept data that we have about each individual subscriber, we're sending that back in HubSpot. So if you look up Matthew yeah. in your HubSpot um, instance, you can see what what topic Matthew's yeah. interested. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, ph- philosophically very, uh, I would say philosophically quite aligned, Raza and HubSpot. That, yeah, yeah, and, very much so. Yeah, and their API set would probably be a welcome relief after Mailchimp. Like, I, it, it, I being a geek, right? Like, I know there's a whole lot of nouns and verbs in HubSpot land that yeah. you could work with. Yeah, yeah, and we um we're in close connection with the folks over there. Um, Scott Brinker, who's one of the uh like the the fathers of Martech, is even yeah. the name and the thing. Wait, the Martech landscape graphic isn't that Brinker? Probably, I think so. Yeah, we were. He was kind enough to meet with us. We have a great um, partner coordinator over there, and so we're in their marketplace now. Yeah. Um. So if you're a HubSpot user and you need a newsletter, a fast, smart newsletter, go uh, go use Rafa. <laughs> well, like, let's make that the lead line for this episode because seriously, I would guess many, if not most, of the organizations using HubSpot want to do a newsletter or want to do a better job of the one they've got mm-hmm. face exactly the struggles that you've uh, worked to solve inside the platform. Right. And now those two, now, you know, you can get your data, your rot, the data directly in HubSpot. So it, it hopefully is pretty seamless for folks. Wow. Wow. That's exciting. When did that, when did that go live? The marketplace? So the marketplace went live about three weeks ago. That's so very oh, recent. Really recent. Okay, nice. But we already had um, about a hundred different, um, about a hundred different uh, uh, downloads for uh, API calls from Ross. But I just got one second. My power cord just told me that it wasn't working. Oops. Uh, <laughs> very good. So yeah. magic, magic. Back up, back up. <laughs> we'll help. We can edit that out. <laughs> we can edit that out. That's it. Snip out it, out it comes. Snip that one out. Um, now you're New Orleans based now, you know, Tulane. Um, is the whole company there? The majority of us. So when, when COVID happened, we pivoted to fully remote pretty quickly. Yeah. It was a real, most of our customers, most of our enterprise customers are in, D.C. area, Chicago, out west. So we were already Zooming with clients and Zooming yeah. with each other pretty regularly. So it was a natural transition for us. And then we kind of realized, well, um, you know, being fully remote allows us to hire talent all over the world. So that, that's where we are now. And we're going to be we're going to be remote. But we still have, you know, company gatherings in New Orleans and we can see each other pretty regularly. Yeah. And as you said, of your Tulane days, so, you know, selling selling New Orleans, like that's that's not a bad not a bad company pitch either. Uh, right, right. So you ended up in work from home, but juggling kids during. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Making mess. Uh, 
Well, yeah. So I, um, I have a seven-year-old and almost five-year-old and a one-year-old, but when the pandemic hit, they were, you know, five and almost three. And that, that, that's tricky. (laughs) That's tricky with two full-time working parents to have two kids home from school. (laughs) Mommy's on a Zoom right now. They don't care. (laughs) Oh my gosh. There were, there were some great, there were some great moments. There was some great (laughs) Jacinda, Jax, Jacinda Arden, the uh, prime minister in New Zealand, who, yeah. who like, you, you look like sisters. Um, she was on a call, like as prime minister was on a teleconference and one of her. Yes. <laughs> I mean, like the, the best, right? I mean, it's, it's so cool. In some ways, the pandemic divided us and in some ways that brought us a little bit closer together, being able to see each other's homes and families and dogs and cats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a, it's a, it's a, we've never had that experiment of, of con- connecting the workplace. Right. With, with the home space we, we at, at this scale, especially, but we've never done that. Right. Right. And it's changing. It's really changing the way people work. I've noticed on LinkedIn, so many people are putting their family situations in their headlines, like dad or next to their titles and i think that's a really cool progression that we're we're seeing happen right now yeah i gotta give i gotta give uh president obama some props on that because i noticed he did that early on he's a barack obama husband father you know president was like third or fourth in the list i love that you are bad you are awesome sir yeah yeah. (laughs) like pretty cool dude yeah very cool dude first 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 things first i like that uh it it has it has made for some interesting side effects though we will get back to email sooner or later but uh (laughs) it's 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 an interesting tangent because one of the things that strikes me um we thought houses were big already as oh we start gosh. building more of them, right? Oh my gosh. What are, the house was well, we also bought a house during the, the past two years. And oh, that was um, selling our, our first show and then buying a new home all during the madness in the real estate market. It's been yeah. quite the adventure. And it's as crazy <laughs> there as it is everywhere else, I'm assuming. So crazy. Yeah. Oh, just, just crazy. And since we, we bought eight months ago, it's only gotten worse in terms of how competitive it is yeah Yeah. yes yes uh same here and and i and i've got to think that the criteria when people are looking has has to include you know home office space exactly not as a maybe but as a you know as an of course in a lot of cases as an of course yeah we actually uh the pandemic forced our move a little bit sooner than i think we really needed because we had, I think it, at one point it was the guest room, my daughter's room and my office all in one room. And that just is not sustainable. <laughs> right, right, right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have a change of scenery for the future of email. Um, in a few months, uh, my older son is coming back and, and turning the bottom floor of our house into, um, a music teaching studio. Oh wow, that's so cool! Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. He's gonna rock it, but that means that my office space of 25 years, um, is it, not it's, it's going to be moved. Yeah, it oh, it's moving. 
Yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm moving and I'm going to take over the, what was their playroom when they were three, four and five uh, and turn it into uh, my office space. Cause I've got to be a long ways away from the, you know, bass guitar and whatnot. Right. Right. It's going to be, it's going to be an interesting experiment. And we, we picked it, we picked it. I was, I was, I happened to be early on this uh, remote work thing, like try 1997. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm like it. Picked the house because of the floors and structure and office space was, well, it was one of the criteria. So watching that happen now where, where more and more people are, are, are making the decision on that basis or build on that basis. Yeah. It's going to be fascinating. You're like, you can give them all the wisdom and all the advice. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's as much social engineering as architecture. Did you have to work to get the kids to understand that? No, this is my workspace and I need you to respect it. Um, yeah, that was hard for yeah. that for when we were five and like two and a half at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But to an extent, to an extent, we could do that. I mean, well, they, it was they hard. get it eventually, right? It's like, don't they get, get it eventually. Yeah. There was a point where I would wake up at like six and then I would work from six till the end of nap time around two. And my husband would start work at the beginning of nap yeah. and then work through the evening. And it was, um, and then, you know, the game was just keeping them away from the working space. Yeah. <laughs> For yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 right. Uh, mine, mine, mine learned that relatively early on. Um, and I, I'd be, I'd be interested to talk to them about that now because I, like, I know they had the rhythm down, you know, yeah. when they get home from high school. I, I love it when they drop by and fill me in on the day, but there was this unconscious, like that's a 10 minute conversation. But, and then dad has to go back to work. Yeah, I'm not done. I'm not done. See ya. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. But one last thing on pandemic and the work from home thing. I think kids getting to see their parents doing work is a darn good social modeling thing. Yeah. That is such a good point. And, and it, yeah, it, it's been very valuable, I think, for the kids to see what mom does you know her interacting with folks you know we have the we have the, the the internal meetings where i tell them the meetings where they where they can say hi and then the and then the meetings with quote unquote strangers which you know their clients aren't really strangers but sometimes when you first meet them and their prospects they are yeah so they they know they knew that difference like the meetings that they could come say hi versus the ones where mommy was just meeting people for the first time and maybe not <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. We've all had to get over being camera shy. Exactly. As well, where this is, where this is now, I mean, honestly, quite normal. Right. It is. I mean, it's been two, almost, well, yeah. two years and change. Yeah, two, years two, years and change. And, two years and change. Can't, I can't, can't, can't wait to get out live, looking forward to live conferences, but will I continue to, of course, like this is the way we're going to do business. I think so. I yeah. think in a lot of cases. It's helped. I'd be curious your perception. My read on it is it's actually really helpful when you're trying to grow a, you know, a small company into a bigger company. Mm -hmm. Like it's not, yeah, Erica, please get on a plane and fly for a one hour meeting in New York so you can pitch us. Like you don't have to put up with that crap anymore. Right. It made things a lot more efficient. Um, I, I think it, yeah, it did make me realize how much time goes into conference preparation because we're preparing for one of our first bigger conferences and, right. and quite some time that's going to be next month. But man, does a lot of prep go into that. Oh yeah. And we had to, you know, order a new booth display, 
and, you know, do all of and, and figure yes. out getting the booth display to DC and, you know, all those logistics. And it was, it was nice to not have to do that for a couple of years. And I think you're right in terms of growth, um, you know, focusing our other not in-person channel was probably more efficient for sure. There's also that, um, that sort of presentation layer thing where, as you just said, now, you know, now it's, it's sort of normal to be seeing someone's home office or whatever space they happen to be mm -hmm. in. And you roll the clock back three, four, five years. I probably would have gone out of my way to try to make this look more like, you know, like, like a Microsoft office space. Right. That, now you don't, you don't have to. Right. You can, you can, you can sort of go, you, you know, deal with it. Why? Because they're going to be in their bedroom, even if they, even if they work for, you know, General Electric or something. Right, right, right. You know? Well, your space actually looks very professional. It, it is an office. Yeah. And it is yeah. always been an office and it's never been anything, you know, but, you know, work related stuff. And I have an ungodly array of monitors and cameras. Right. <laughs> Mine's actually decently professional. I actually have it tidied up here right now. <laughs> the, 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 the choice of knickknacks and the choice of detail behind people. Is really mm -hmm. an intriguing, yeah, anthropology interesting. Yeah. right now, yeah. Um, my my kids' room is actually right behind there. behind me as well. So when that door is open, there's there's a lot more chaos. <laughs> okay, okay, I like it. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I did. I, I've I've always had a whiteboard there, but now I'm a little more uh, assiduous about uh, about clearing it off. Before I talk with, uh, depending on what's on it, yeah, yeah, can't th can't think without a whiteboard. Um, well, let's dive back to email for at least a few minutes before I uh, stop tying up yeah. your, your day. What are the? Oh, this has been great. What are the? What are the? What are the unexpected opportunities that you you think might go somewhere for Raza and for you? You know, for your team. Well, the nice thing the nice thing about our opportunity is that. Everyone needs a newsletter. And for the folks who don't have a newsletter, everyone you talk to says, oh, but I like mean to do a newsletter. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know they know they need to do one. Yeah. So <laughs> so in terms of the total addressable market, I mean, it's, it's pretty vast. Um, of course, email is a competitive space, but I think we do things differently enough that it sets us apart. Yeah. And we work nicely with a lot of the 10,000 pound gorillas, how many pound gorillas. And um, we, we talk nicely to a lot of them. So it's um, in terms of integration. So I think we have, if we've quite that, quite that potential. Yeah. Uh, big opportunities ahead. It's come up in some other conversations um, that I've had with folks in this space, but, um, and I've been using this as a conversation started with them for almost a month now. One of the big enterprise uh, email platforms, ESPs, acquired a pretty sizable email newsletter company about a month ago. And that, Which one was that? Yeah, Zeta Global acquired Archimax. Oh, okay. And it, it kind of made my antenna stand up. And like, that is a very lateral move. <laughs> what was the one that Twitter bought, the big one? I'm yeah, well, blanking on the name. Yeah, re, re something, review, I think. Oh yeah, we got three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, did I pull that out of thin air? Good job. Yes. But but review was a platform for the you know the the send the sending of the handling of Archimax actually was a was also a they had the content and editorial streams something like three hundred newsletters um, in the mix and I just thought that's fascinating. I got to 
uh, get one of my buddies at Zeta to come on and talk about it. Cause like, yeah, interesting. More, more, it, if it's not more about the content, I'd be surprised because yeah, like, acquisitions aren't cheap and they, right. Right. Like it's more about all the, the actual people that are using it. Yeah. Yeah. Like the specific people, the great creators. It says healthy things about the future of, of email newsletters. To me. It really does. Yeah. There's, <laughs> this is a good time. This is a good time to be in email newsletters. Yeah. 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 I, I, I think so. And it gives a place for all of those out of work journalists to go do stuff. Sorry. Uh, right. No, it, like, it's true. There's, I mean, there's obviously a, many, many big changes happening in that, in that space. Yeah. Yeah. There are. We, I had a, I had a guest a, about a month ago, um, Pierre Lipton from a company called 1440. Um, mm -hmm. and I will connect, I'll connect you guys. You should, you should, you should talk. 1440 is journalism via email. So they, they would never apply Raz's AI. They want everyone getting the same, very objective and fact-based stuff. Sure. Which is, which is cool, but they have their own workloads and, and editorial headaches and sourcing and stuff like that. So yeah, who knows what might show up there. Very, yeah, no, I, there are some people who do reverse engineer the rest of the platform and yep. use it primarily for the curation. Okay. And so they'll get like the 50 articles from their filtered down sources, you know, in their content pool. And then they'll say, well, from these 50, I want everyone to see these seven, let's say. Yeah. Instead of letting the AI select, yeah. they'll, they'll select, but then the, the value is in the curation piece of it. Which, yeah, which, which is an interesting market signal for you, right? Like, mm -hmm. hmm, is there some decomposition? Is there some pieces of the components that have their own standalone potential life uh, yeah. as, a, as a business. Uh, Jim, yeah. Jim Barksdale, co-founder of Netscape, said there's only two ways you make money in business. Uh, one is bundling and the other is unbundling. Yeah. <laughs> That's so interesting. That's a good quote. <laughs> yeah, I it's true. In my head. It's, it's true. So true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you see the streaming services grappling with that right now. You see the cable right. grappling. Right, right, right. Yeah, right now you see newspapers arguably grappling with that right now. No, it's so true. Another and another really valuable component in the platform is this kind of tertiary thing that we just compiled because we've been now in the content creation business for, for a while. Right. right. And we just have this like trove of sources. We've just compiled all these RSS feeds from all of these content oh, sure. sources across the web. So we have this content library in in the in the platform that you can just draw from. It doesn't represent all the sources you can use, yeah. but it's just a good jumping off point for a lot of verticals. I'm, 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 I am doubtless not the only person to have done this, but I'm certainly not the first, but I have a whole bunch of Google search as RSS feeds. Nailed. Yeah. And you can do that too. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, it's kind of a, 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 instead of me doing the same thing for the 44th time, you know, searching for what's new in the world, la, 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 like, look, just right? nail that up. And I'll look at it when I, I'll look at it when I get around and log into Raza and, you know, and then I'll cherry pick the ones that are actually interesting, not boilerplate and all that other stuff. Uh, do, do, um, what we used to call press release services, uh, play a role in your sources as well? They can. Yeah. I think that, um, I think that the big ones have, have feeds. Okay. 
And and if you if you do set up a Google News feed, then theoretically that would pick up on relevant press releases. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So so yeah, a lot of not not a ton of our association clients use like the Google News feed because they want to feel like the sources they input to Roth are you know very much vetted and authoritative in this space. Yeah. But. Um, but uh, but outside of associations, a lot of people use the the Google News Feed, yeah. especially in like really, really niche verticals. Yeah, and I'm and I'm sure they would pick up relevant press releases. Yeah, yeah, that's well, it's like that's why you, SEO is the reason for a press release these days. It seems like like yeah, oh yeah, the the Google love like PR Newswire and yeah. those yeah. PR webs, uh, yeah. decisions, whole cloud of, uh, cloud of companies and so on. Yeah. It's no, no, no end to the, uh, no end to the text processing. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, and you have to pay for those. So Google knows that, yeah. you know, there isn't someone just like, while like bidding out a bunch of links that are, you know, not trustworthy. Well, you, you opened the door to the question. One question I wanted to ask you about one, one of the things that concerns me looking forward, uh, you've got this constructive, uh, curatorial employment of, of AI. One mm -hmm. of the things that concerns me going forward is, is the amount of boilerplate that AIs are going to start spitting out because people won't get off their butt and actually write. And I fear we're going to drown text in, in bad content yeah content. yeah well the yeah there are some really interesting companies out there using all of the knowledge that they get from the entire web to generate content and yeah it, it's not awesome right now but it's getting it's getting better and better it's getting it it is it's you know gpt3 and i think gpt3 yes yeah gpt4 yes. is uh uh is on the is on the uh on on the board right now apparently and so it's going to get better you know faster eventually I mean, most machine writing you can you can smell right now but yeah you, you just lowered the desk that rocks i did i just lowered the desk and I just, <laughs> um because i go back and forth a lot it's, uh, yeah. it's been a it's been a godsend during work from home um have you read the the age of ai by eric schmidt and the, oh, the other schmidt and kissinger right yeah yeah Nineties, yeah, I know, right? Awesome. It, it, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent through it, but I've listened to a ton of their podcasts about it too. Yeah, and like they talk about GPT three and just how AI needs to be treated very, very carefully, like an arms race, right? Yeah, it's, right. Like it's like a nuclear weapon, you know, because it could be very destructive. Um, but also, I guess, you know. The, the it's it's uh, an emerging emerging technology. Well, yeah, here you are. I mean, you 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 guys employ AI algorithms in doing what Raza does. Like, like you've got to have some ethics conversations and some wrestling with yourself. We definitely do, in the same way that a lot of the social media platforms do, where it's like, you know, people could come in theoretically and get started using Raza and disseminating content. Um, before we have a chance to kind of catch if it's not, you know, good authoritative content that helps us better inform the world. Yeah. Um, so, it, you know, how do you catch those bad actors? That's, that's a tricky thing. It's, it, 
in a in a relatively unregulated uh field like email that is a that's a that's a constant problem and it's not going to go away right right it, you know easily or anytime soon uh, all the ESPs have to deal with that kind of thing yeah yeah i mean you notice the teeth ESPs have i'm sure you've had to do that yourself like did you want to have someone whose job was to be the you know content police sorry right right, right. but it, it, <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's a, inevitable at a certain point well, if you get human beings allow you know allow human beings in the field to play, some of them are going to do. Some of them are going to hit each other. Apparently, just, yeah, you're always doing it's a <laughs> right. Oh my gosh, in every in every space. Well, I should free you up, but I I I'm so delighted that Paul connected us and that you made Me the time. Me too. This has been great. About email, yeah. I uh, I'm going to be very very intrigued to watch. The, the 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 company roll forward. I think there's great horizons ahead for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. We're uh, we're excited about the future. That's that's good. How big is the team now? How big's the like headcount wise? How big's the company right now? Uh, about ten of us. We have a nice uh, size. Yeah. It's and what the nice thing is is that we, um, as we grow, you know, that we don't have to scale the team as quickly because a lot of, um, a lot of the work is done for people. And, um, our developers are so great there. They keep the product super tight. Um, and there's not, you know, the, the scaling of the team doesn't have to happen as fast as the scaling of people using it. Right. Let, uh, let, let, uh, let clouds do the work. <laughs> exactly. Yep. So it did. <laughs> yeah, it did. It did. Oh, well, Erica, thank you so much. My guest is Erica Wrench, uh, COO at Raza. Where does someone go to find Raza if they're curious about that? Go to raza.io, uh, enter your email. You can do a free trial of the of the light version of the products. And if you're interested at the enterprise scale, um, you can email there. There's a demo page. Fill out fill out a form and we'll we'll connect someone with you to get you started. And I'll be your live testimonial. Raz's Raz is actually quite having used it, it's quite incredible. You go, really? Is this possible? This is Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that testimonial. Thank you. Thanks, Erica. We're out. <laughs>